previously on Live at 605. We spoke about this in season 17. Is Holy Jesus. It's 18 seasons? Yeah. It's like we've done over 200 episodes. Yeah, man. It's fire. John Mallon. And Val Gomez. Coming to you live from beautiful downtown Toronto, this is Season 18, mm-hmm. Episode 4 of Live at 605, the first non-wedding edition of the <laughs> podcast, which is exciting. But having said that, in true John and Val fashion, we've had the most eventful six months, and mm-hmm. we had to break it up that six months into weddings, pop culture, and like events. Ch- yeah, sports. NBA sports <laughs> playoff runs. Right. Post-wedding. Uh, post-wedding blues. Yeah, celebrities, sightings. Till we can catch up to being topical. Vacations. I know. All kinds of shit. So I was trying to ask you, like, oh, what should this first non-wedding episode be? Should it be... Test, test, test. One, two, three. Test, test, test. One, two, three. So anyways, I was trying to figure out what should be the first episode back, and you thought pop culture would be a good way to just jump back into things? Yeah, and the reason being is that today... it. Because it is Labor Day Monday. You know, we did go outside early this morning. Done a lot of things today. But, yeah, we made a pasta sauce, went grocery shopping, went outside, um, came back inside. You made the artwork for the podcast. Literally I put back on my wedding dress. Oh, yeah. Tell everyone about that experience. Um, what, what did you do this afternoon? Well, because one of the things for the podcast was we knew we wanted to do our wedding picture as the cover art. And so... During the wedding, I actually forgot to put this on our shot list request. was like a picture of us in our, like, obviously gown and um, suit and everything with the sunglasses on. So then I'm like, fuck, I have to take a new picture. Right. So then oh, yeah. That's today right. it was like, okay, we're doing this. But I'm like, John, you have one priority today. Get me in that wedding dress at some point today before I get too tired because it's a bit of an ordeal to put on. Yeah, so it took zero people to get me into my wedding suit. How many people did it take to get you into your wedding dress? Um, two today. Two today. Yeah, I was shocked how many like buttons and hooks <laughs> and sleeves and just there like no sleeves. No sleeves, but like. But it was also coming back from the dry cleaners, and there was just way too much plastic over it. Yeah, um, but it was nice to see you in your wedding dress. How did it feel to be back in the wedding dress? Oh my gosh, so good! You know, you always have that moment where you're like, "Fuck, did I just gain so much weight that it'll be like <laughs> even more of a sausage casing on me?" But I actually felt really good about it. You fit in there, and yeah, there. it wasn't totally. like I had to tell you to suck it in to zip nope. it up. So <laughs> definitely, and I wasn't wearing Spanx. Yeah, so that was good. But then the later part of the day, because I had to practice some stuff for music. Right. We also pivoted because I was listening to the Glee soundtrack. And they had that, really? um, what fucking Queen song was I playing? Don't, Don't stop, stop me now. now. Right? Yeah. Um, that song, which I equally was looking up Mr. Fahrenheit as the title. Why? Because I remember it's like, because they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. Ah, that part, um, yeah, yeah. I thought that that was what the song was called. Right. Um, but anyway, so then John and I went into this huge... Huge what? Huge jam session whereby he was on piano so I could practice scales on a new instrument. Should we and tell him what the instrument is? Oh, you already told half. You already told your bandmates. So. Yeah, that is, that is half the bass right there. Um, and this won't come out for like another four weeks. Oh, yeah, so by true. that time, you'll be playing this at jam practice. Ooh. Um, so I started because obviously we had a quartet, if you guys have listened to this episode. Or the, the previous, episode, episode. previous episodes, um, we had the amazing quartet at our wedding, and John had gotten me a violin named Maurice five years ago, and Whoa, I had done that long ago. Yeah, and I had done some lessons, 
Um, they were really good. I just felt like I wasn't doing what I want to be doing. And I think I kind of this time around after going through the wedding, working with the quartet, them playing like more pop songs and rock songs. I felt like I'm like, I want to try this again. So then for the last three and a half weeks, I've been doing violin lessons with Jeremy, one of the violinists in the quartet. So and your teacher, like, I don't know, is he actually good? Like, would he ever be asked to perform <laughs> at any rock shows or is he just yeah, kind of like a meh no. kind of player? So the cool thing was um, at my last uh, lesson, Jeremy, who's super chill, he was just saying that he was picked up to play part of the symphony that's playing behind the Who at the ACC show tomorrow. Sorry, the Who cover band? No, like the, the actual, actual who like Roger Daltrey, the Keith Center. Moon's son is a drummer. Wow. Um, so Jeremy's playing in that symphony, and so he was showing me some of the sheet music, and I was like, oh my god, that's, this is so badass. So just another um, example of you doing dope shit and associating yourself with people who do dope <laughs> shit so. so so but the cool thing is though is that john has to help me practice because for the life of me i will never play like like i can't play russian theme song again no so russian folk song russian folk song so now i'm playing um my new song is dragon drama Dra- <laughs> so john will play chords mm. on piano but then we ended up having um because sorry about that guitar riff you guys should heard <laughs> yeah. too yeah Maybe it's just was keeping with the musical theme. So then after we were practicing, I'm like, yo, let's just actually jam. So we started doing a killer song and a Katy Perry song that I've been like obsessed with right. over the past six months. So we'll wait on that. But I felt like putting you on bass, you did really, really well. Um, I'm trying. I think you're doing a really good job. I love musical. I'm just not very musical. You say that, but you very much are. So in keeping with the theme of what Labor Day Monday has been, this is where I am very excited to do episode four of this podcast is a pop culture concert, movies, TV TV show show. All recap, recap, reviews. I think everyone who listens to this probably watch and listen to and go to a lot of the same shows that we go to. Totally. And I feel like we have a good judgment of what is awesome and what sucks and so it's also just fun to talk about some of our favorite shows and we've been to some really awesome concerts and all this kind of stuff so these are some of my favorite ones and it makes me excited because i'm trying to plan this out in my head when this season ends it'll probably end in november which means we'll have to come back in december to do a best the best of your favorite yeah so even if we take a break and just do a one-off best of 2019 because those are my favorite episodes of the year but anyways i'm getting ahead of myself Mm -hmm. so where do do you want to start i'm gonna you're you're the captain of the boat this week because we just finished with music jamming sessions i feel like it's best to start with concerts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are we going chronological order or what what are you thinking uh it doesn't matter whatever you think uh, let's do chronological because I can't say that word very often. <laughs> so I think in which case then it goes uh, frick. Or whatever. Whatever's on the, your list. Let's just go. What's the very first one we wrote down on your list? Tame Impala. Whoa, the most <laughs> recent one. Yeah. So what do you give it on the fast bender scale out of 10? I would give this show, I would have to say, oh, it's tough. I don't. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to say nine point seven okay. out of ten. What about you? Um, I'd probably give it uh like seven and a half for what? me, but for different reasons. Okay, so yeah, so okay for those of you guys who don't know Tame Impala, which is like John's like most critically acclaimed, most anticipated concert of the year. Definitely, they're what Aust- psychedelic Australian rock yeah. synth. They uh, they had co- they headlined Coachella this year. They're mm-hmm. a pretty big band. You definitely have heard their songs in commercials or movies, mm-hmm. 
Or odds are you probably just even know the band. And you, yeah, I, yeah, they're a great band. So the reason why I wouldn't, um, I was super excited for this concert too. Maybe not as excited as John. Yeah, why did you like it so much? Uh, well, first of all, I love Tame Impala. Their last album, Current, is mm-hmm. one of my probably favorite albums of the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I listened to it almost I definitely listen to songs weekly, if not daily. And yeah. then they just probably, you know. Uh, Were Sean and Tesla introduced? Did they introduce them to us? Yeah, they definitely introduced them to us. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I'd heard a couple of their songs before, but they played us some of their songs. I became obsessed. And yeah, the let the feel like a brand new person is probably my favorite song of the last five, ten years. And so. And it was used in Atlanta. I was using as I got to use it in a promo for the season one launch of Atlanta, which made it. I always have fond memories of that. Mm-hmm. But then also, like they put out two new songs this year, which are just like two of my favorite songs this year. So mm-hmm. they they just make psychedelic pop rock that I mm-hmm. need and want in my <laughs> life. And they were one of these bands that Sean and Tesla saw, and like as soon as they saw them, they introduced us to them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, these guys, these guys are awesome. And that was like three years ago, so I've been waiting totally. for them to come back. So I think for me, um, one of the things I was super stoked about was. This was one of the first summer shows outside of the Arkells yeah. that we saw at the amphitheater this year with Sean and Tesla, yeah. right? Just the four of us. And I'm always super hyped for any show at the amphitheater because it's always like really nice summer nights. And then, you know, you're just like kicking it, having some drinks, you know, great music. Yeah. The challenge that I have with this show was one, I actually couldn't watch almost any of yeah. it. Because the laser beams and the lights were so intense. Right. Um, and just because I do have, like, I haven't had one in a while, but I yeah. do have, like, petite mal epilepsy. Right. They didn't even do a disclaimer at the top. So, like, my head was down and my sunglasses yeah, were yeah, on. that's not fun. The whole time. So, like, the music was great. And I found, like, I think the only song I could pay attention to a little bit was Elephants. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, like, to me, that was my favorite song of the night. Yeah. Um, just because it was, like, one of the original songs, but I kind of forgot about it and then, like, refound it through that experience. Right. Um, so I thought it was a really great show, but because I couldn't watch almost 90% of yeah, it, if not fair. 100, 7.5 out of 10. That's rough. Yeah. I give it a high nine because it's definitely one of the best shows I think mm-hmm. I've ever been to just because of how much I was highly anticipating it how much the music hit me the way i hoped i mean i feel like i had the right amount of alcohol that night too <laughs> that night was perfect like it was just perfect like a those nice guys summer. behind us were smoking up remember we we're like yeah. oh they're like such frat boys and then they yeah. were like super chill yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like, so it's just like a mixture of like the right amount of booze the perfect mm-hmm. summer night great set list like he opened up with mm-hmm. uh with uh, one of my favorite songs he closed with my favorite song and then just like there was like maybe one what's or your favorite the less I know, the better. Oh, okay. Or sorry, not not that. I mean, uh, brand new person. Yeah. But then, like, the song eventually, which I think, spoiler, no, it was going to be the band of the week, but yeah. I think we should make one of their new songs, band yeah. of the week. Uh, eventually was probably my favorite song of the night. Oh, so we've decided it's Tame Impala as band of the week. Got it. But I was going to let you choose their song. <laughs> oh, you were. Thank you. But yeah. I, it seems like you just did. Well, <laughs> we'll... we'll, we'll um, cross that bridge when we get to it at the end of the show i did i did make you the actual band of the week last week and you know what else i did was i didn't even play your music as we talked over it i waited till we were done talking to play uninterrupted your song thank you so i think that's pretty good okay so then do we move down the list oh uh, i was just gonna say i mean the rest of that night was a lot of fun we went uh bar hopping afterwards and i still can't remember where the fuck we went 
Some upstairs. Ow, I just bow. hit my fake tooth with my Apple pencil. <laughs> Can you be like, careful, Oops. please? Pause. Oh, boy. So, yeah, anyway, just like a perfect summer concert evening for me. Mm-hmm. So what's next on the docket? Number two is, in no particular order, just in the way I wrote down these notes, um, the Arkells. The Arkells, okay. So, so what? Do some you... might say this was also another anticipated concert of the year. 100%. So what do you give it on the Fastbender scale? Ooh. Okay, so on the Fastbender scale, post-wedding, I'd say 9 out of 10. But in reality of how many Arkell shows we've seen, I'm going to go a bit hard on them this time around. I'm going to go 7 out of 10. Yeah, I was going to say, um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to, they've gone from 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. to like a 9.7 out of 10. This this concert probably is a 7, I'll give them a 7, 5 out of 10 yeah. just because of the special guests they brought out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. I think for me, what was hard about this show, um, one, it was our friend Maddie's birthday, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Sean, Tesla, our, us, Ferris, Cam, Alan and his girlfriend all went to the amphitheater. Mm, yeah. Um, my favorite thing was we all got rally towels. Right. Right. For their album Rally Cry. Yeah. I also had more Palm Bays than I probably have had all year. That's true. Which is super fun. Um, I had obviously come out of, of the wedding high of performing the Arkells. Yeah. And then potentially having a Juno story. Right. So we have to save that. Though, yeah. We'll save that. Like. But then, okay, I was really excited for the show. I The new album really started growing on me, too. Same here. I didn't love it at first, but it definitely started to grow on me, a few of the songs. The thing that just not annoyed me, but I was kind of like, okay, let's wrap it up, guys, yeah. is they did this, like, 30-minute Motown set. Yeah. Which I'm kind of like, okay, I get it, but you didn't have to do 30 minutes. No, I would have been cool with, like, three songs, and then that way they could have played another 20 minutes of Arkell songs yeah. that they didn't play that I missed. So it was also like right after the NBA Raptors win, they brought out Nick Nurse, which which was was amazing. Pretty cool. He jumped on base. Yeah, which was awesome. Um, But I think, yeah, it it really just took me out of it. Like I kind of stopped caring that I was at an Arkell show. And I know like that is their thing. It's like, you know, they do tout like Motown is like their roots and like their love and like the genre of choice for them. But I'm kind of like, again, you could have done a five song medley. Right. 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes is a really long time. Yeah, of course it right? is. That's that's almost four songs you can throw so in there. So it's literally. And so um, that was my thing. So also like my two favorite shows were probably like obviously Massey Hall and yeah. then the, f- the first, first amphitheater show. Yeah, right Massey after. Hall is definitely the best one for yeah. sure. Um, and it just also makes a difference like what venue in, are in and then I think where they were in terms of their fame at that point. Yeah, and when we saw them at Massey Hall, it's the first time I really fell in love with never thought that this would happen. Totally. And they didn't even play it at this show, no. which made me super disappointed. Even though I think I tweeted at them. I'm like, totally. So, Yikes. yeah, I mean, they're still an awesome band. If you've never seen them live, like mm-hmm. definitely see them live. But I think totally. just compared to the first two shows we saw. Yeah. Yeah, and that 30-minute Motown medley, which some people loved. Mm-hmm. It and just wasn't for me right now. And then Ferris and I may have forgotten somebody in the bathroom. Yeah. So, so that, that may have brought it down one yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. But And also, Sean had been attacked by a dog earlier in the <laughs> yeah. evening, so he had a bit of a bum knee. So, I mean... <laughs> All these things compounded into the weird night. Exactly. So, But no, still, still a lot of fun. I feel like now you're just working backwards. No, I am. So now, if we keep working backwards, the next two shows... Were during your birthday week. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, they were back to back. They were back to back. And so the first one, I believe, was Passion Pit. 
No, nope, St. Lucia. Saint Lucia. Yeah. So this was a show that you and MC actually Instagrammed me about. Yeah. Um, and I remember being like, oh my God, I'm so excited because I am a huge fan of anything acoustic. Like to me, that is like true so, yeah, musicianship. You tell them what, what it was. Yeah. So it was St. Lucia performing all of their hits, but in an acoustic set at the Mod Club. Yeah. Um, and so for me... Not to say that this was my most anticipated concert of the year because it's not. Yeah. But it was definitely so far my favorite concert of really? the year. Really? Yes. So what do you give it then on the fast bender scale? Would 100% give this concert 10 out of 10. Really? Yes. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 because I think a lot of people could, even though you know the lead singer's voice is like really crisp and clean and authentic, mm-hmm. I think you could write off a lot of them because they're more dance and rock mm-hmm. and whatnot. So the music could sound really contrived. Mm-hmm. But like here, you see them in a small club, which is kind of like when we first saw them for North by Northeast. Yeah, that's right? true. And you heard the exact same songs like All Eyes on You, mm-hmm. Elevate. But it was all acoustic. Right. And like still some rock, right? Like it was still some stuff. It wasn't all unplugged. Yeah. And I just thought it was outstanding. Like every single part of it, I absolutely loved. I remember we saw the piano player yeah. outside. No one knew who it was. I'm like, what's with going to my club and people not knowing who the band yeah, is? Yeah, but I was like, should I go say something? And then we waited too long. It was yeah. that, that weird creeper moment where I'm yeah. like, oh, It happened when we saw MGMT. I'm like, that's MGMT right there. But totally. all these hipsters don't know what they look like. And I'm like, this is the piano player from St. Lucia. But nobody <laughs> except for us knew who he was. So wait, so, what did you give it then? Uh, mine would probably be an 8 point. Can I do an 8.85? Wow, because it was a, it was a great show. Yeah, uh, not my favorite St. Lucia show, but yeah. it was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. See, I like I like the full arrangements. I like all the sights and sounds. Mm-hmm. But I again, for all the reasons you said, they just sounded really cool acoustically. I like mm-hmm. that the one girl Patty St. Lucia sang in Portuguese one of the yeah. songs, which was cool. And but so I still my favorite shows are still the ones where it's like the full instrument, electronics, synths, all that stuff. And they still had elements of totally. that, but. Wasn't my favorite, but it, it was also surprising. I liked it more than I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. I knew I would like it, but I didn't think I'd like it as much. So eight point eight five for me. Okay. What about the next one? So the next one on the list we have is Passion Pit, who we saw the very next day. The very next day at the Danforth Music Hall, and it was also the second game of the Eastern Conference Finals for the Toronto Raptors, and they were already oh, down. Yeah. Oh, and oh for one, they had barely lost the first Fuck game. A. And we'll get in, into more of that later on. Did you not want to go to the show then because of the Raptors playing? Because um, I felt like we were in a weird place for certain things. It was just tough because the Raptors had never made it this far. And they had almost won the first game. They should have won the first game. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? This, hopefully the concert ends. Uh, when the concert ends, we can go home and watch the Raptors game. Or like at least, like I don't know. I was just like, oh, we can still watch it. But as the show, like in bet- during the intermission or between like uh, – the opening band and Passion Pit, you could see people watching the game on their phone. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, obviously if they win, people are going to cheer. If they lose, people are going to boost. So I'm like, we're not going to be able to mm-hmm. watch it live. So I'm like, let's just take a look at our phone. We would check in, be like, okay, the Raptors are down 10, whatever. Mm-hmm. Raptors are down 8. Okay, this is close. And then, like, as soon as the show ended, it's like, oh, Raptors are losing by 30 with, like, two minutes left. So it's like, Oof. oh, fuck this. But so what did you give it on the fast bender scale? I give the show 8 point... 8.4, what about you? So, for those of you guys who also don't know what Passion Pit sounds like, they're like electronica dance music, Yeah, I would say. And John actually introduced me to this band. I didn't know them before we started dating. 
Um, and so I was really excited to hear the song Moth Swings and Sleepyhead. Sleepyhead. And there's one more, but I forget. Yeah. Um, but having said that, the main guy who looks like a Dr. Seuss character. For sure. Right? Um, they had a really great stage setup, I thought, and like light show, which wasn't yeah, too intense. That's true. Um, I'll give the show like maybe like eight out of ten, yeah. to be honest. Um, remember it started late because there was like a fight and he wanted to make yeah. sure everything was yeah, okay. Yeah, he had to restart the set and everything. I actually thought that he sounded exactly like the album. That's true. I thought so. So I was too. pretty excited for like a first run at bat on this concert. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. And I wasn't as into yeah. the Passion Pit yet. Yeah, same here. The Passion Pit. Yeah. Uh, we have this weird audio uh, filter thing going <laughs> on. And I think it's just like it timed something else. So we're yeah. going to keep going. It hasn't affected it. Yeah. yeah, same thing. It was their 10th anniversary of their album Manor. So oh, that's yeah, what they were performing it in its entirety. So that was pretty cool. And then their encore which is just like a bunch of songs that you like a bunch mm-hmm. of crowd favorites from other albums. And I also felt like we bought tickets to that. Like it wasn't like something we were anticipating going to see. We bought no. them pretty last minute, maybe like a week or two before. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I was bummed about like the Raptors losing. Mm-hmm. And it was just like one of those things where, like, oh, man, the Raptors are down. Oh, two. The show's fun. But mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Like, um, but yeah, I think that was it was a good show. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd recommend people go see them in a smaller mm-hmm. club. I don't know how often they are going to tour, to be honest. Yeah. But I think that was. What's next on the list of show of concerts? So the last concert uh, that we saw this year, and I think it was one of the first ones oh, we yeah. had seen, is White Lies. White Lies, and yeah. again, that was also at Mod Club. Mod Club, yeah. Um, we went with Sean and Tesla, and mm. they had introduced this band to us, I think, as well. Yeah, Sean um, had he tried to get us to go for a while, and I never really loved them enough or liked them enough to go see him, but then. Their last album that they put out mm-hmm. a couple years ago, we both fell in love with. And then I went back and listened to their older mm-hmm. stuff and fell in love with it, too. So they've been featured on, like, some of our, like, best of the year and, like, just, like, um, band of the week. So they kind of sound like Depeche Mode mm-hmm. meets, like, I don't even know, like, what else. I don't know. Depeche Mode, St. Lucia. Like, it's just, like, synth pop yeah. 80s. The guy has a really deep voice, though. And you're always like, oh, he kind of sounds like the deep voice from the dude from San Furman. That's true. Kind of thing. Um, and so, really looking forward to this concert. Uh, Mod Club is always, like, really fun for a restaurant. We went right to this new restaurant right beforehand. Oh, yeah. And it was the infamous uh, lamb pot pie oh, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and so, true. John got teaked out for... Uh, the <laughs> there was everyone's there was like three oh, lamb pot pies left in this yeah, thing and, and they the waiter, delicious. Well, first the waiter's just like, okay, our special tonight's a lamb pot pie. It's delicious, the best thing on the menu. And we're all talking and just like, oh yeah, lamb pot pie sounds great. And I'm like, yeah, it does sound great. And so we're all like, I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna get this. So the waiter comes back, and I think whoever went first, Sean's like, yeah, I'll get the lamb pot pie. And the guys like, okay, great, we only have three though. Yeah. Uh, or then I think Tess is like, yeah, I'll get the lamb pot pie. And then she's like, great. And then the guys like, you're like. I'll also get the lamb pot pie. He's like, perfect. We only had three left anyways. I'm like, oh, cool. I guess I'll get the fish and chips. And meanwhile, my fish and chips come out, and it looks like the fish was, like, you know, made in a nuclear waste or something. It has three eyes. lamb pot pies were delicious. Yeah, they were delicious. I had a bite of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the best thing I've eaten all month. And so I'm like, that's cool. But it was also just such a cool hang. Like, I felt like we were just, like, chilling there. And then, like, I was a little bit, like, I think in a different headspace for that concert. And yeah. so I was also getting like a random text messages through the yeah. whole show. So then when we got into the show, I was so blown away by how, um, whatchamacallit, 
how great the lead singer's voice was and how similar to the record it sounded. So that was really cool. Um, the I think the vibe was really good. I just was in my own headspace. So for me on the Fassbender scale, I'll probably give that concert a 6 out of 10. But it was based on my own personal experience. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. And that's shitty if whoever put you in there. For yeah. me, the opposite. I, mine was a 9 out of 10. Really? So I just loved it. And obviously, I was in the same headspace. But I, yeah. I could appreciate how good they were. So. Yeah. Because I also felt bad because at one point, I think I ran outside. Uh, and whatever. then I took you out of there. That's okay. So I'm looking forward to White Lies coming back again just because they were also a band we featured, I think, a couple songs at the wedding. So that, that actually wraps up all the music. Nice. What do you want to go into next then? Dun, dun, dun. Should we go into movies and then TV shows? Yeah. Okay. So we didn't see a lot of movies. We never over- really do though. No, I think it's like there was one season, like one year where we saw like a lot of the movies for the Oscars or TIFF or something. Um, and they just felt like more critically acclaimed kind of mm-hmm. films, like then the Nocturnal Animals season. Right. Um, this year we haven't really seen a lot of films. It also could be just John and I are busier these days, so we don't. I, also, I, I just feel like there hasn't been any good movies I really wanted to see. Totally. And I often take naps in films, so That's it's true. like we don't need to pay to, for me to do that. Yeah. Um, but we have seen four films mm-hmm. this year. Um, and so I'm going to try and do this in chronological order. Sure. The first one, John just informed me, was the day after, the uh, second day after yeah, the wedding. The Monday. The Monday mm. after the wedding. We went to go see Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. The Freddie Mercury biop pick Ugh, starring. Biop? Uh, well, yeah, that's what it's called. Biography, whatever Isn't you want. bio? Yeah, but people call it biop or whatever. Do they? Biop. I don't know. Okay, okay. People in Hollyweird, I guess. Okay. So you want to tell people about it? I'm yeah. sure most people know about it. Um, So this is the one. It was like already getting like all the Oscar buzz. If you don't like Queen or you didn't know Queen, this would be the film to get you into it. Um, So it's basically the story of Freddie Mercury. A loose telling sure. of the story of Freddie Mercury. So IMDb gives this film 8 out of 10. Okay. Okay. For, for me, on the Fassbender scale... I would give this film 6.5 out of 10. And the reason uh, being... Okay, I was going to say, I'll probably give it like a 7.5. Okay. Wow, I'm like the harshest critic these yeah, days. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm a tough sell. So here's the thing. If you don't know Queen and you don't know the story of Freddie Mercury, probably the best film you've seen because it's like fun, it's light, it's mm-hmm. airy. It kind of doesn't actually go into his past in any real depth. Right. Kind of way. It kind of sweeps over certain things. And it makes sense because Brian May was like yeah, one of the executive producers. producers. It's the same thing as when you watch Straight Out of Compton yeah. and like Dr. Dre is a producer, but fails to mention all the Dr. Dre's wife past. And all yeah. This stuff. yeah <laughs> and like sure. running over his wife with a car. Yeah. Right. So we're watching this film. And first of all, Rami Malik, who's Mr. Robot, yeah. they basically give him like the world's largest horse dentures. Yeah, to, but, like, but it's such a farce. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, but his teeth were giant. His teeth were giant, but they weren't that giant. <laughs> they were like larger than Tom Cruise's teeth. Nay! <laughs> <laughs> Who thinks Tom Cruise has big teeth? Uh, everyone. I literally just read a BuzzFeed article. Okay, about well, it. you send me that BuzzFeed article. Oh, I'll post I it on the Facebook page. The only person who probably doesn't think Tom Cruise's teeth are ginormous are Ferris. Yeah, and the Scientologist. Yeah. <laughs> so, Father Hubbard over there probably would not. Um, but anyway, so the, between the teeth, the shallow mm. racism, 
right? Because he wasn't white. Right. Right? Like that, it was just like, we're going to say racist things all the time, but not really in any weird depth again. Right. Then it was like, oh, it was like almost they glossed over the fact that he was bisexual. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. what is happening? And his um, relationships with men, they kind of glossed over totally. a little bit and stuff. It was like the Disney Channel presents the story of Freddie Mercury. Yeah, but what do you think of Rami Malek's performance? I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was amazing. And I know we didn't see this film, but Rami Malek didn't sing Freddie Mercury songs. Yeah, it's because only Justin Hawkins can sing like Freddie so Mercury. you got Justin Hawkins. He got his teeth fixed. Yeah, but they don't need fixed teeth and they don't need some <laughs> weird guy. However, even though we didn't see this other film, the biopic of Elton John, mm. Rocket Man, that dude, even though he was like jacked mm. kind of thing and like totally like big kind of thing and like not gawky mm. kind of um like uh like elton john he sang all the songs right. i've been told and did an incredible job and my barometer for that is miranda and carl who like yeah, love elton but you john can't judge people on if they can sing or not you know no, no, no but then also true to the story right i didn't feel like freddie mercury's story was true to his story no that's true but for me the the yeah, all the things you didn't like about it, I didn't like about it. But the things I liked about it was I thought Rami Malek did a good job. And I liked just hearing all the songs, like when they performed the songs. And part of me is like, yeah, I want to hear Freddie Mercury's voice. I don't want to hear Mr. Robot singing, <laughs> like having a good time. So I was like, because they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. Oh, boy. I'm like obsessed with playing that you on are. piano now. Thank you, um, Glee don't soundtrack. stop me now. Oh, man. <laughs> right. I'm going to listen to that tomorrow. You think? <laughs> yeah. On your walk to work? Yeah, but definitely not the Glee version. No. <laughs> um, so okay, yeah. So down. that movie was a... Thumbs down. Yeah. Um. Then we went to go see... I was so excited, <laughs> right? I don't even know where we saw the trailer for this film, but it was... Uh, you must have seen it on BuzzFeed, I'm going to guess. Something. And so I was so excited. So now this other musical... Actually, all of these are kind of musically-led films in yeah. its own way. Um, this new like fun frothy summer film mm. to come out is called Yesterday. Yesterday, right? Huh? Um, and one second, hold on. Yeah. For yeah. those of you guys who haven't seen it yet, it's about a struggling musician who realizes he's the only person on earth who can remember any Beatles songs after waking up in an alternate timeline where they never existed. Right. And so IMDb gives this film seven out of ten. Yeah, that sounds. Uh, okay, so I'll give my Fastbender review first. Okay, go. Uh, I don't feel like I'm as harsh as you, but I'm going to... I'll give it a seven. Seven for sure. Okay. Uh, it, it was fine. Like, I'm not the hugest Beatles fan. Part of me feels like, has this story been done before where someone, like, loses their memory or something? Like, in a world where, like, you know, Coco... Like, some, like I feel like this premise has maybe been done before mm-hmm. or maybe it just seems like a obvious choice but i thought the guy the main actor was really good yeah it made me like a lot of the beatles songs i'm not the hugest beatles fan so like there's a spoiler alert there's like old john lennon and i wasn't like oh my god john lennon if he was like 80 <laughs> years old i'm just kind of like okay yeah. that's cool and it's danny boyle who did like train spotting and all these i'm like mm-hmm. oh this seems like a bit of a different choice for a danny boyle movie mm-hmm thought it was it was just it was fine it was okay like maybe again i'm not a huge beatles fan Mm -hmm. but that's it so i am a huge beatles fan and outside of the ending which i can get by with like i was like oh maybe paul mccartney will show up right 
Um, the weird John Lennon alternate timeline thing. I was like, eh, this is weird. But I'll give it a miss. Like, I'll, I'll totally give it a pass just because I'm like, the rest of the film I enjoyed so much. Mm. Um, I've read so many articles on it and the Danny Boyle got like 20 songs from the Beatles catalog that he had permission to use. The main actor in it um, is from, I think, Coronation Street or something. Okay. And he just reminded me of my brother Brandon, my other brother yeah. Carl, and my cousin Kenny. So it was just really fun to see, like, how they approach music and, like, play by ear. And then, like, how, like, I always think of my brother Brandon when he's doing any kind of activity and there's, like, a million post-it notes up. That's the same as this guy in the film, like, playing mm -hmm. the different songs. But I was really excited to see, um, and this will go into the next film, is that uh, my brother Brandon and Carl both saw the film too, and we all, all three of us loved it. So I give it 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Yeah, 100% on the Fast Fenders. I'd watch it again right now. 10 out of 10. Wow, I feel like you've never get. No. You're like extreme, say, extreme highs and extreme. So this is the best movie yeah. you've ever seen. No, it's not. Almost Famous is, but it's like, which no, I did read about 20 years ago. I think yeah. it came out 19 years ago. That's true. No, that's odd. I didn't realize you loved it that, that much. I do. And I think I liked it because it's like a light story. I love the music. I like just like the simplicity of it. And I also think it's like, it's not trying to be something it's not. That's true. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's just not. So I'm like, okay, I can take it at face value. Mm. What I love though, is that after we took Benjamin mm. to go see The Lion King, which will be the next film we talk about. Right. We were leaving the theater and he saw the Beatles poster and he was like, daddy to my brother Brandon yeah. he's like I want to see that film and then literally my six-year-old nephew who knows like the entire Beatles catalog also said it was his favorite film so no wonder you're a little bit biased I'm not Try biased bonus points with the kid no I'm not I saw it first I I was so sad I didn't even get to take him to see it so, but you did get to take him to see another movie, That's which you guys right. have been talking about for, like, what, two years? Two years since he was four. Wow. Right? Um. So the next film on the list is The Lion King, okay. the live action, yeah. whatever remake of the cartoon Disney classic. Um, And so this film, I would equally say I have grown up with and I know the entire script. I know all the music. Um, so I was probably anticipating a lot. So what do you give it on the fast bender mm. scale then? I'd probably give it seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a five to be Whoa. honest. Yeah, yeah. Did you even like the original Lion King? Yeah, but I obviously I grew up with it too, and we had all those DVDs. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it was even as like whenever it, when did it come out in like '95 or so? I was like a ten year old. I'm like, yeah, it's good. Like I just. Never loved those like Disney cart. I wasn't like enamored with Disney cartoon movies. Oh, okay. So that's fair. And also from what I remember, like this seemed like a word for word remake of the original minus Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen's line seemed fresh. But everything else seemed like the exact movie to a T. Yeah. And so one of the things that I had read about this film that kind of like I was just like, yeah, that's exactly it was that um, they didn't really to your point change anything out of the script but the things they did change just felt awkward yeah. and so one of the things was though they were saying like live action or cgi lions can't emote right so things you could get away with as a cartoon sure you can't do in the same way but then i was reading and i'm like why did i like the jungle book so much and maybe it was because i didn't really know the jungle book did you story. like it that much the live action one yeah yeah 
Oh, because I remember us sitting in the very front row, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is another 5 out of 10 for me. Yeah, but you didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, no, I didn't, really, I I didn't, didn't remember like that you liked it so much, yeah, though. Mowgli. Yeah. Um, but so I didn't really like, you know, I was more concerned if Benjamin liked it just because we had waited so long. Um, so I think he liked it. But he yeah. seemed really excited to see yesterday when we saw that poster. Yeah, he had a lot of fun in the arcade with us afterwards, yeah. though. Um, so, you know. Yeah, it was, I mean, if you have kids, sure. But if you're just, like, adult wanting yeah. to go, probably just watch the original. Like, Beyonce was nothing to write home about. No, they gave her more lines. Like, Nala did not have this yeah. many lines in the original. Even but Donald Glover, I'm like, eh. Like, I don't really... No. Like, I, if, whatever. It was just meh. But I did like, like, to your point, like, Timon and Pumbaa, like, Seth mm. Rogen and Billy Eichner. And John probably, Oliver was good, John too. Oliver was really good. Yeah. Um, and I felt like they owned the character, but managed to make it a bit their own. Yeah, that's true. So do we have any other movies we on the docket? We have one last film to talk okay. about. And is it family-friendly as well? Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, so this one, I can't remember what film we were in, and then we saw a trailer for this one. And so I we don't only remember. Saw th- I don't remember either. I think we only saw this, like, Three weeks ago. Probably. Um, so this is Once Upon a Time in Hollyweird. <laughs> yeah, the new Quentin Tarantino movie. So are you a Tarantino fan, big fan, average fan? I think I'm an average fan. What about you? I'm a pretty big fan. Like Pulp Fiction is unbelievable and Glorious Bastards. Oh, actually, I love. yeah. I guess Kill I do Bill. like Kill yeah, Bill. Yeah. Like Django. Django, yeah. He's, I guess we do like a lot of Tarantino. Yeah, I, I definitely I love his writing, yeah. his directing, all this stuff. So yeah. I was pretty excited to see this movie too, for sure. Yeah, so I think it's like, like I love Death Proof. I know you didn't like that. Yeah. Right? Um. So I guess I would be a Tarantino Yeah, we're both fan. big fans. Like I um, love Pulp. Do you like Pulp Fiction? Yeah, absolutely. Do you like it or do you love it? I like it. I love it. You probably just don't like the game. Sure. The game Do you scene. like Django? <laughs> I like it. I love it. What about Glorious Bastards? I love it. <laughs> Me too. Way. Winning. <laughs> so, um, basically, Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood <laughs> is about a faded television actor and a stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the film industry during the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969 in Los Angeles. Mm. So Leonardo DiCaprio is the like the star. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt is his stunt double, right? And it's basically. I, it's like a three-hour film. Yeah, so what do you give on the Fastbender scale? Though? So I would probably give this film 7 out of 10. <laughs> I feel like now we're just giving numbers to annoy the other person. <laughs> what do you give it? No, I'm, I'm going to be generous because I like Quentin Tarantino. He's <laughs> not like our fucking friend, Froken. <laughs> so I'll give it an 8. I'm, the funny thing is, I'll give it an eight, and this will probably be like my number one movie of the year, just because I can't. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, I don't like movies as much as TV shows. Yeah, but that's because the TV. Oh, but I know what my number one movie next year will be. What? Bad Boys for Life. Oh God. Bad Boys Three. You're yeah. saying that by yourself. But yeah, I feel like the rest of these reviews is going to be like, oh, you know, we just watched Mindhunter, our favorite show, <laughs> and you're going to be like two, <laughs> just to let you know, hey, me. And I'm going to be like 12. You're going to be like, I miss Holden's gold girlfriend. Huh? (laughs) Anyway, so you said seven? (laughs) So IMDb gave this film 8.1 out of 10. I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. I found it exceptionally long. And the first two hours of the film, I didn't actually know what we were driving towards. 100%. The first hour is just pointless, useless, like a love jerk-off letter to old Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it's just like... Okay, cool. 
there was no plot or anything. It was just like, uh, yeah, whatever. But what I will say where it does get bonus points is Brad Pitt's awesome in it. I feel like it's Brad Pitt being a movie star, which is really cool. Oh, yeah. But then the more I listened to podcasts and read stuff about it, I did like it more just because they talked. And I can't think of all the reasons now, but they talk about just certain metaphors and this and that, which made me appreciate it. Yeah, they the also had, um, whatchamacallit, a lot of like Easter eggs from other Tarantino films That's within true. this film, which again, only after I read about it did yeah. I appreciate it, which may have like helped boast it to a seven um, <laughs> out of ten. But, but I think the last scene... Yeah, I was going to say, the last scene is what gives you, like, if you were going to give it a 6 out of 10, yeah. the final scene gives you an extra 10 100%. points. To me, it's a 7 out of 10 until the last scene, and the last scene gives it 10 extra points. So this isn't really giving anything away, because I think you get this from, like, the trailer-ish. Right. It's supposed to be about the murders yeah. of Sharon Tate, right? Is that right? Well, it's supposed to be about... Charles Manson. Charles Manson, Manson Sharon Mansion? Tate. Charles Manson in his mansion. Charles Manson. <laughs> Kind of is Charles Manson's That's mansion. That's pretty good. Uh, if you ever buy a house one day, we'll call it Charles Manson. Manson. Well, no, 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 no. no, no. no. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't give anything away. Sharon Tate's in it. Charles Manson's in it. And it's, yeah, it's like Hollywood in 1969 when it's like yeah. free love. But then there's all these psychic, psycho, psychotic murderers. Yeah. So they do the whole like Sadie, Tex, all of those guys are like in the cult. Brad mm. Pitt's character ends up meeting like you know, running yeah. into them, and then it's, like, the final scene. Right. But it's a, obviously in pure t- Tarantino fashion. It's, like, a twist on that yeah, it, true twist story. On his, on, yeah, exactly. Just, like, in Inglorious Bastards, where they blow away um, uh, Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> Thank you. You forgot so, that guy, didn't you? I did. Right? As uh, you, everybody should. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's... That's it. Like, everyone go see it. Tell us what you think. You'll probably mm-hmm. think the first hour 20 is, like, garbage. If yeah. you need to go to the, use the washroom, yeah. use it in that first hour, but don't go in the last 45 minutes. I would literally, in a Me Too movement, give Brad Pitt's abs, like, a 10 out of 10. He I looks amazing. I think that's the opposite of what you should be saying. Oops. Too moved. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's <laughs> Me Too move over to the next subject, which is television Television shows, shows, which John feels is the golden age of television. Yeah, of course it is. So I think for us, and it's to your point, it's like because there's so many great miniseries and like streaming services and shit, there's just so much TV content to watch. And so in between the wedding to now, outside of like NBA stuff um, and just like regular news viewing, we've managed to check out a few new series and some like Second runs of like season mm-hmm. twos of other series, so sure. we're just gonna run down the yeah, list. Yeah, just run down them. We're, I mean, we're already pretty well into this thing, which is good. So we can kind of like, if you want to lump in, like, should we just start with reality shows, maybe, or do you want to start? No, I'll start with a series. Okay. So I'm just gonna go down the yeah. list. So the first one is Mr. Mercedes. Ooh, not Mr. Robot. So I feel like a lot of people wouldn't know what Mr. Mercedes is because uh, it's not on a huge network like HBO or Showtime or something. Mm-hmm. It's do you know what network is on? Does it say there? Is it? Uh, I think it's AT&T, which is like a weird network yeah. in the States. Yeah. And then Canada, it's only on uh, Super Channel. So. Yeah. So Mr. Mercedes basically tells the story of a, a psychopathic killer who drives a stolen Mercedes into a crowd and recently retired detective who tries to bring him down. Yeah. And this uh, series is based off of a Stephen King trilogy novel or novels, yeah. I guess. Um, and it's also created by... 
David E. Kelly, who did like Big Little Lies, Alec McBeal, mm-hmm. West Wing, all those shows. So it's two pretty big heavyweights. Yeah, and it has a lot of really great actors in there as well. And so I think your dad told us to watch this. No, oh, my, my boss. Oh, yeah, your boss. My um, dad, when I told my dad to watch it, he had read the book. And oh. he's like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, the book was, it's a trilogy three-part book. Right. And so he's like, oh, the book's fantastic, which, I mean, anyone who's will say, like, oh, the book's better than the movie. It's better mm-hmm. than the TV show. But my boss at work told me about it, and she's just – because we were talking about shows. I'm like, oh, I like – you know, we, I like violent shows or, like, psychological thrillers. She's like, oh, have you heard of Mr. Mercedes? I'm like, no. And she told me about it, and I watched the trailer. I'm like, oh, yeah, this looks pretty awesome. And I showed you the trailer. Yeah. And it was between this Jack Ryan and Chernobyl, and you chose <laughs> Mr. Mercedes. <laughs> Mr. Mercedes. And so – it is very violent. So, yeah. like, if you're not, if you are squeamish, like, this is probably the not the first five minutes. Like, watch the opening scene, and if you don't like the opening scene, you won't like the show because it's just like super yeah. violent. I think one of the other things is, and I was saying this when we went out with the with the guys yesterday or the day before for dinner, and we were telling them about the series, is that it's a bit of a departure for Stephen King because while the first season is like horror. And mm. like thriller esque, mm. the second season is more like sci fi, and so I've been reading like a lot of cases where like about killers like that, and I'm we won't give away anything, but it's like based on true stories, and even the accident is based on a true story, as opposed oh. to driving into a job fair was yeah. a person drove their car into McDonald's. Oh, that's right? sad. So I'm curious, like on the fast bender scale, because we watched the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. What do you give season one, and what would you give season two? Season one, I'd probably give eight out of ten. Okay. Season two, I'd probably give seven out of ten. But overall series, I'd probably give eight point five out of ten. So what'd you get the first season? Eight. Eight. <laughs> I just like I, you Wait, would think the law of averages <laughs> would be like seven point five. <laughs> so I, I agree. I, I I think this is our first agreement. First season. I would give like an 8, 8.1. And then second season, yeah, I'd probably give like a 7.2 mm-hmm. or something. Overall, yeah, I'd give it probably like a 7.8. Yeah, maybe I'll change it to like an 8 out of 10. Yeah, so I think I, I really enjoyed the first season better. The second season, because it was more sci-fi, and yeah, we read about how this some of the stuff isn't super far-fetched. And I don't want to give it mm-hmm. stuff away, but I didn't like the sci-fi as much as I liked the psychological thriller. Totally. Um, but I love the two main actors. So Bill, the detective, mm-hmm. and Mr. Mm-hmm. Mercedes Killer. I really actually I liked a lot of the actors in the first season. Mm-hmm. And I can't say some make it, some don't make yeah. it. And so like, I, yeah, I think overall the first season I just quite enjoyed better. And yeah, that's how I would describe mm-hmm. that. So the next on our list is season three of Stranger Things. Okay, okay, big probably one of the biggest, most highly anticipated shows of the year. Yeah, and it hadn't been on for like two, two years, years almost. right? And so IMDb gives it, uh, I guess, the overall overall series 8.8 out of 10. Yeah, which is why I would probably give the overall series. Totally. How did you like this season, though? On the fast bender? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Okay. What about you? I'd probably give it, like, maybe because it's, like, fun summer viewing, 8.5. But... In relation to the other seasons, I'd probably give it an 8. Yeah, first season's probably 10 out of 10. Second season's probably like an 8.8. And third yeah. season's probably like an 8.5. So it just, it's just tough. There's something about... Also, like, the show came out of nowhere. And when you don't know much about a show and it blows you away, it's just like, holy shit. And now you're expecting the best because it's, like, a huge show. But I think my problem was, like, ah, uh, 
all the kids now they're teenagers and like Mike and Eleven yeah. are super annoying, but like Dustin's still great. Uh, Steve's still awesome. Mm-hmm. Hopper, I love. Yeah. I liked Ethan Hawke's daughter, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, I like the story overall. Like, it's still really enjoyable and yeah. I really like the show, but uh, yeah, it's just something about them getting older I don't love. I think what I didn't like about the series, I didn't mind so much like the kids growing up and like whatever, because I mean, like, I think they played it well, right? Mm. Like, they were still young in certain facets of their lives and then like. And, like, yeah. trying to be mature, but then in reality, there it's like, no, they're still kids, right? right? Or, like, preteens. Um, what I actually didn't like about this time around was Winona Ryder's character. Yeah. Right? Because I found her just more, like, I'm so goofy and I'm That's funny. True. And, like, every, like, vulture, like, um, AV oh, Club yeah. article I read was, like, oh, great to see Winona Ryder's comedic chops come out. I'm right. like, really? Mm. Like, I don't want to see you as this. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I just felt like it was so, like, such a weird departure for a dark series. That's true. And then the second thing I didn't like about it, which made season two a little bit weird, was, you know, that throwaway episode of, Yeah, where like, Eleven goes to meet to everyone sh- else with the superpowers. Yeah. So I'm like, that better come into play at some point. Otherwise, I feel like the Duffer brothers yeah. just, like like shit a fucking episode basically. yeah i don't think anyone liked that episode so i don't think we're ever going to see those people again but i like, mean it, it should come back around like yeah if 11 it's her origin is the, story right it's her origin story but then also if 11 needs help and like yeah this season was great because all the kids work together yeah. right and it's not just about 11 mm-hmm. then it would be like if the last big battle is coming wouldn't it be like great to be like hey yeah, remember like all those other people. kids yeah that's a good that's a good point actually so yeah, no, hundred percent. Obviously worth the watch. Go check it out. But season one, yeah. best ever. Okay. What else do you got? next on the list? Uh, I, let's go into reality. Can I just say one thing that's annoying me about GarageBand? Yeah. I hate anything where if you put your mouse over it, it doesn't like show like what the name is. Yeah. Because there's that stupid thing. And I think I know what it is, but I don't. It doesn't. I can't toggle my thing over it, and it won't say like, "Oh, this is the pause button." So I don't want to click this thing because that weird flash we were getting. Anyways. I just hate shit that doesn't, if you put your mouse over and toggle, it should say like pause button, home button, whatever. I think it does though. I think you just have to enable dictation on top of it. No, fake news. Anyways, keep going. No, in your preferences. Well, everywhere everywhere else I go, we'll toggle. Anyways, we're getting into the weeds right now. So I'm just saying. So should we get into some reality shows and get over, get this going? Yeah. So this past six months outside of like great drama series great nba sports i am a huge sucker for reality tv but not all reality tv there's really only like one true series i follow faithfully yeah and then a splash of this other series that i jump in and out of um when we feel like we have an affinity for the lead right so the first series that i love that has kept me going is Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Oh, yeah. For and of sure. co- that was like my favorite series last year on yeah. the best of 10 list. out of 10. 10 out of 10. I will still give it 10 out of 10. And the reason why I also love this series is because even though I feel like they've done like 42 episodes, somehow it's only season two. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, um, and it just keeps getting better and better because unlike other reality TV shows, like I think some people are watching like The Hills, the Hills and yeah. stuff. 
this to me doesn't feel scripted. Mm. This to me seems like real life. And then like some of the weird things that they go and do feel scripted. Right. So it's like, for instance, they go to a dude ranch. Yeah. Right. That to me feels like an orchestrated thing by producers. But what happens within the dude ranch to me is like authentic. Yeah. 100%. I fucking love it. So what do you give? Let's let's do both two at one. What do you give Jersey Shore? And what do you give Double Shot at Love? On I didn't the fa- talk about Double Shot yet. All right, so then we'll just stick with Jersey Shore. I'm just trying to limit oh, all the uh, things I have to do. Um, remember, a good podcast is only as good as it stings. Okay, <laughs> and it, this definitely stings. <laughs> what do you get on the Fastbender scale? 10 out of 10. I can you leave a pause for a second? 10 out of 10. I'll give it a... Who the fuck do you think you I'll are? I'll give it a 9 out of 10. I... I because I love all the Mike getting married uh, episodes. The wedding episodes are And maybe the jail the, ones. Yeah, jail ones. The last one was okay. It was a lot of them just talking on their cell phones to each other. Yeah. But no, I think the whole like Mike's wedding was also a three part episode. They clearly swagger jacked mm-hmm. from us. But <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, we're, we're on the season finale of the Italy season. Like, that's all we watch right now is old and New Jersey Shore. <laughs> so I think that. And then you. Because I didn't know about this. You came up with, like, a mystery show. So the last six months, we've done a lot of, like, mystery things. Which we'll get to later on another episode. On another episode, we'll talk about, like, mystery things. And so for me, you found a mystery show. Yeah. And I had no idea. And it was, like, Thursday night after jamming. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, if you've been a good kid, you got to watch this mystery show. And the mystery show ended up being Double Shot of Love, yeah. which I've never seen the original, but it's on MTV and it was with Polly and I don't Polly think there is an Vinny. original. No, there is. What? It's a, like a shot at love. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, and so it was with like something like tequila. Tequila, tequila? <laughs> Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Someone who loves tequila, you should remember. I don't know what these tequila, things tequila are. Tequila was, uh, it was like the first bisexual dating show. Sure. That's what it was. Um, Double Shot of Love, though. Is um, it's basically Polly and Vinny from Jersey Shore trying to find love, uh, via the Bachelor style. Yeah. So like IMDb gives it six point four out of ten. I mean, in reality, yeah, that's what it should be. Uh, I'm giving it a ten out of ten. What? It's hilarious. The only thing. Okay, wait. I'll give it nine out of ten. Okay. The only reason why I'm not giving it ten out of ten is because they never left the house. Yeah, I'll give it an eight three out of ten. What? Yeah. Oh, it, I thought you said three. No, 8.3 out oh, of okay. 10. Yeah, so keep going. Um, yeah, they never left the house, which was super annoying. Yeah, and so I felt like it was a little bit weird, but what I loved about it, and now seeing it in Family Vacation, I guess they were shooting Jersey Shore and yeah. Double Shot of Love interchangeably. Yeah. And so it's interesting because, like, you know, I think, again, where, like, The Bachelor and Bachelorette you know, could feel more, like, scripted. Mm-hmm. These guys were just calling out chicks left, right, and center. Like, uh, she just seems like she's in it for, like, the show. Or, like, you know, she doesn't seem like somebody who has, like, the brains to be with you. Like, yeah. just, like, stuff like that. For sure. Um, And, like, oh, you know, this person wouldn't be able to handle, like, Polly's lifestyle. Like, right. just stuff like that, which I thought was interesting. But, yeah, they never went outside of the mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, They did bring in the Jersey Shore cast, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Uncle Nino came. Yeah. I'm kind of, do you still like Uncle Nino or are you sick of him? Uh, I feel like he's just, like, you know, he's almost just more like a mascot now. 
That's true. That's the only part where I'm like, I feel like he's too scripted. Where it's like, okay, they need some comedy. Bring in Uncle Nino. Yeah, but I did like him at Mike's wedding. Like, yeah, Mike's wedding was hilarious. Yeah, that was okay. (laughs) And when he talked to Mike about going to jail, that was pretty. That was pretty funny. Okay, fair enough. I like Uncle Nino again. Never mind. Um, so that was really good. And then the last show that we're watching, which just started like I guess like two weeks ago or three weeks ago is Bachelor in Paradise. Right. Um, and I've always loved Bachelor in Paradise, but I realized we didn't watch last year's, I no, don't think. No, um, This season is hilarious. Mm. Um, and it has some of, like, the old kind of, like, three seasons ago people yeah, we know. for sure. But then also a bunch of people we don't know. Well, yeah, like, we didn't know a guy who, we didn't know who John Paul Jones no. was, and he He's, is my favorite person ever, JPJ. And yeah. I guess he was on Hannah's season of The Bachelorette, which we didn't watch. I didn't watch it at a protest because I didn't like Hannah. Yeah. And it should have been Kaylin as The Bachelorette. But in reality, I actually read, like, so many great things they about Hannah's really season. Good. Yeah, right. so uh, John Paul Jones was part of that season, mm-hmm. and now I want to go back and just watch it just for him, to be honest. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, what do you give it out of 10? Fassbender skill. Uh, and I'm leaving a bit of that pause in because I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 8.4. What about you? I'd say like 8.5, so okay, we're basically yeah. the same. Yeah. I think that what I love about this series is, and this is where, like, come the fuck on, people. If you're watching, like, we're obviously watching great series, but sometimes you just need an escape, and this shit's hilarious. We also don't watch it in real time, which no. I think helps. Yeah. Um, like, we, I could give a miss for the dates. It's yeah. Just give me the drama. Give me the drama. Give, give me the give, rose. <laughs> and Blockhead. Oh, Blockhead. blockhead. Blake is the... Oh, I would just say spell Blake. Blake is the fakest nice guy there ever is. He treats. He tries to act like he's a super nice guy, yeah. but he's just a Blockhead piece of shit. Yeah. Who, just goes to stagecoach and bangs a yeah. bunch of broads and just tries to be nice, but he doesn't give a shit. Can I also just say, what the fuck was stagecoach? Out like, of all the concert series, did you know? We go to a lot of shows. Well, it's country music festival, which makes sense for a lot of these Bachelor people. I feel like they love country music. I guess so, but it's also like, really? Yeah. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm also nervous right now because JPJ was the comic relief, but now he's turned into like the super villain. So I I'm know. like, oh no! Like I was following him on Instagram, but now I unfollowed him because I don't want to see villain JPJ. <laughs> so I'm super excited to see this episode tonight. Yeah. Um, so that should be good. So those are all the reality shows we're watching. Okay, so we got a couple more sh- quick shows. We're jumping back into drama. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to start with? Let's do. Let's do you. You you want to do me? Yeah. Well, now that we're married, I guess we can. <laughs> so, you is a series that Maddie and Ferris introduced us to on Netflix. Um, and it's about a clever bookstore manager. <laughs> that what it starts with? Yeah. A clever bookstore manager relies on his savvy internet know-how to make the woman of his dreams fall in love with him. Beck. Beck. What was her real name in the show? Like fucking... Beck... Beckwin? Beckwin or Beck something? Gwenovin, Beckwin. Oh, yeah. Guinevere. Guinevere. Yeah. So her this, last name was yeah. Beck. This is one of those shows. It was on like Lifestyle Network or something and nobody watched it and then it got put on Netflix. And then everyone watched it. Including us. I remember we were at your parents' house for the weekend and like the first episode I was hooked because it reminded me exactly of a mixture of Dexter, Mr. Robot... Yeah. With the voiceover and the creepy white guy stalking women and stuff like that. Yeah. So, on the fast bender, what do you give it? I actually give. You gotta give a pause first. I would give this series probably like in like an eight and a half, nine out of ten. To be yeah, honest, yeah, I'd be the, I'd be this. I'll give it an eight and a half, 
to a 9 out of 10. Yeah. With But I'm like, oh, I'm not looking forward to season two, I feel like. No. See, I don't feel like season two will be as good or strong. No. Okay, first of all, I fucking think this guy's hella hot. Pen, Pen Badgley or the whatever. The guy from Gossip Girl who I actually is that. Gossip Girl. I never watched the Gossip Girl, so I don't know him yeah. from that. But I actually really liked him in this series. And yeah, in this series he was hilarious. He was hilarious and, like, just funny. Um, like funny in a like a low key humor sort of way, yeah. which was awesome. Well, I think the way you liked him is how I liked. Who was the friend? Oh, uh, what's her face from Mississauga? Yeah. Ugh. No. This scroll chick? down. What's her name? Uh. uh is that her? Uh, uh. No. No. Scroll. Is that her? Nope. Nope. Where the uh, fuck is this person? We're leaving person? all this in. Is it like mangoes or something? Peaches. Peaches. Yeah. Pe- <laughs> Go, no, go back up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Scroll up. Wait, no, no. Okay, hold on. We're going to leave all this in until we find her. She should be a main character. Peaches. Not her. No. Uh, Where the fuck? Now we're just committed to scrolling. She's from right. Mississauga, so yeah, shout she's out She's married GTA. to, like, Matt Babel. Shout out. Uh, Much music three. She? What the hell? Wasn't Peaches the main character? She was. Why is she not in this? Is it alphabetical? No, okay, hold on. Hold on. We're keeping this all. I'm just going to Google Peaches from you. Why can't I think of her name? Maybe she got kicked off of this. This seems weird. Well, she was in like eight episodes, though. Yeah. Uh, Peaches, you. Let's see. Is this her? No, that no. chick's name's Luna. Uh, uh, here it is. Hold on. Oh, Shay, Shay something. What's Shay, Shay Mitchell. Mitchell. Yes, right. the way you like Penn Gillette yeah. is how I like Shay Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like, okay, so... I absolutely love the series. I was really yeah. sad to, when it ended, to Me be too. honest. Um, there were some, like, ridiculous over-the-top parts, but then some parts of it were very, like, 2019 in terms of, like, catfishing, yeah. stalking, like, how to keep your social accounts on lock yeah. kind of thing. Privacy, I, all of the I above. I think we can all agree that we hated Guinevere or whatever oh, her name worst. was. She was the worst. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's a fun binge show you can watch in two days. Like, yeah. just, it's, yeah, it's just, it's over the top, mm. it's funny, it's crazy, and I, I loved it. Okay, let's what go else? sad and then we'll go happy. Okay. So the next show we watched, we actually started watching it when we were in Ottawa, Ottawa, and I think you found it, or your dad told you about it. No, I knew about it, but everyone I talked to said it was great, and so I was kind of waiting to pitch it to you, and it's called... When They See Us, also on Netflix. Um, and so this one is about five teens from Harlem become trapped in a nightmare when they're falsely accused of a brutal attack in Central Park. And this is 100% based on a true story from the late 80s, I think. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Um, what do you give it on the Fastbender scale? Uh, first of all, I'll give my Fastbender scale editing this week a 10 out of 10. Because look at all these edits <laughs> I had to do. Whoa. Uh, this one I'd probably give a 9.5. Yeah. What about you? Uh, 9.5. And the only reason I'm not giving it a 10 is because it's, it's tr- stress. It's yeah. stressed the living shit out of me. Same here. Um, To the point where it was like that little guy story. Yeah. I can't remember which... Like, yeah. everything about this damn thing stressed me out. Anything but, like, with kids having to go to jail yeah. and, like, get accused of things they clearly hadn't done. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. And in Mr. Mercedes, yeah. why are the main characters not here? I don't know. This is so bizarre. The main character, I think his name is Jerome. Jerome in Mr. Mercedes plays the main kid in When They See Us who has to go to the adult prison. Yeah. So um, he's fantastic in it. Yeah. And I think he's nominated for a bunch of Emmys. Yeah, he's awesome in everything he does. But one of the kids who plays Kevin Richardson, 
um, Asante Black. He's also going to be in the new season of This Is Us I read, oh. um, which is interesting. I don't know what character. Probably going to end up on Randall's storyline would be my guess. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Unless it's like Kate's somehow yeah. randomly. Um, but I thought everyone was good. The story is so depressing. And yeah. it definitely, like, I found even, like, now living through it in 2019, because there is, like, a Trump Republican right. um, undercurrent. We are going to blow through politics. But because there is that undercurrent, mm. right, it came out again this year. So it was like watching real things happen on TV and then right. watching the series in the background, which was so stressful. That's true. But no, I thought all the actors were great. All the kids were awesome. The adults were amazing, too. Yeah. Who would have thought John Leguizano is so good? Like, he was in the, that um, the other show we watched. on the Which fuck? one? The one about this uh, Rick, Tim Riggins. What the hell is that show called? Oh, Waco. Waco. He was in Waco. He was and amazing it was awesome. in Waco. Like, yeah. So I just, it's super sad and super stressful. The and one that I couldn't recognize, and it was right when like the whole going to prison for paying off your kids to go to college was Felicity Huffman right. as the fucking like DA or whatever the fuck yeah. she was. This is the guy, Mr. Mercedes. Jarrell. Corey Wise. Yeah. The guy who plays Corey is an awesome actor. Yeah. So, yeah, it's if you want to be depressed and sad, watch it. But I think it's an important show to mm-hmm. watch. And it's just like sometimes history sucks, but you have to go through it to learn from it, mm-hmm. I guess. Are you, why are you looking up Big Bang Theory? No. Should we go into the final the show? The final show. Let's bring this plane in for a landing. Yeah, so we wanted to end on like a more chill note, um, I guess. And so the last series is on HBO, and it's the second season of Big Little Lies. Yeah. And so this is like, I feel like HBO has had a renaissance with like all female casts of late, like Sharper Objects, Mm -hmm. Big Little Lies, etc. And so I guess the author of the book never came out with a second follow-up mm-hmm. however was brought on with the director to put together a second season right brought in meryl streep mm-hmm. what do you give the second season on the fast bender scale uh, maybe like a 7.8 out of 10 what about you uh probably like 7.5 so big little lies is basically about the apparently perfect lies of upper-class mothers at a prestigious elementary school unravel to the point of murder when a single mother moves to their quaint California beach town. And so basically, the second season, after, like, the murder happens in the first season, is kind of like watching these women um, go through the trials and tribulations of keeping that lie together and, like, how their lives start to IMDb's point unraveling through that lie. And so... Nicole Kidman, to me, always just plays Nicole Kidman. For sure. Right? It's exactly how I feel like she is in real life. I liked Reese Witherspoon's character. I actually like Adam West in this one. He's all sassy in this one. You mean Adam Scott? Oops. Adam West is the original Batman. (laughs) Adam Scott's character. I said it with such confidence, You did. That's why it took me a second to be like, wait a second. You just referenced Um, the original Batman. What should I call it? Adam Scott's character? I thought he was, like, hilarious. Yeah. Um, But I didn't like... Like I, I just I missed felt the like, con- there was there wasn't as much unintentional or as intentional comedy as the first season. Like Reese yeah. Witherspoon was funny, but not as funny. No, and I felt like okay, they just let Meryl Streep be Meryl Streep. Yeah, and as she had well. like a weird overbite, which I'm like, did you need to give your character that weird overbite or I'm, underbite, whatever you? Would well, call I'm it. sure she's just gonna win. Like I remember yeah, after she'll watching, win she'll win everything for it. Um, but to me, it's just like okay, like I, I get it, like you, whatever. Um, there's one scene where she like screams at the dinner table and I think it was like funny, crazy and like so impactful. So like Godspeed for award season. For sure. Um, 
what you want to call it? Is it Lisa Bonet? Zoe? Zoe bon- Kravitz. Kravitz. Lisa Bonet's her mom. <laughs> right? Um, that actress, I was like, this storyline just feels so, like, weird to feels me. Feels forced and stuff. Right? I'm also like, in Monterey, there was, like, a comment about how she was, like, the only black person. Right? But they just gave her such, like, a trivial, like, storyline. That's true. Um, yeah. I so- mean, Reese Witherspoon is good. Yeah, Adam Scott's good. And Meryl yeah. Streep's good. Nicole Kimmons, whatever. Laura Dern was hilarious. Yeah, she was quite good. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's still, when the third, if they come out the third season, I'll still watch it. Yeah. But the first season, to me, again, is still the best. Yeah, I read a lot of stories how they just said that they've now wrapped it up. So it's like, okay, hopefully this is done. And, like, it's a lot to pay these actresses. They're, like, some of the highest banked um, yeah. actresses in Hollywood. So, um I'm not pining for a third season. No, I could give it a hit or a miss. Having said that, though, I love the main theme song, so I'm glad it's always on our playlist. Yeah, Michael Kawasaki or whatever yeah. his name is. Well, I think we've done well over an hour. We've given people their money's worth. I think this is a good time to bring this spaceship in for a landing mm-hmm. and set it down. And then what, mm. do you, what do you think we should do next week? Should that be the Raptors championship run? Yeah, we we'll do post-wedding blues slash Raptors because it's the highs and the lows. The highs and lows. Okay, so then we should get into the band of the week. So Go for should it, we just make it but Tame here, Impala. Tame Impala, but would you like the Tame Impala song to be Patience or Borderline? Borderline. Really? I thought you liked Patience better. Okay, well let's do Patience. No, I, I, was, I wanted Borderline, but I wanted to know which... I thought you liked the song Patience better. I so like I was which good. one you like. All right, well, that works for me. We're going to do Borderline, which is from his yet unannounced new album, which who knows when the hell it's coming out, hopefully soon. And this is, out of the two new songs he's put out, this is the song I definitely like better, but they're both great. And go back and listen to All Things Tame Impala. This is Borderline, Tame Impala. Give it a listen. All the ways you can contact with our ass is facebook.com slash live605. Pictures, memes, gifts. You'll see our sizzle reel, which we put up there. And then follow me on Twitter and Instagram on Malenkamp. I'm at ValGomez23, and you can go on mine to just kind of see, like, episodics against each of the podcasts. And um, then follow our actual Instagram account, which is live at 605, which is everything there now as well. So until next week, I'm your podcaster, John. I am Val. Be easy. Time to post your picture.
John Mallon and Val Gomez.